Did you know that it is Pentecost Sunday today? It is a celebration of Holy Spirit coming 
to earth. Jesus said, it's going to be better when I go because I will send Holy Spirit and He will be with you always. So Holy Spirit, we give you thanks. We celebrate you today. We thank you that you are here right now. And as we uh, prayed in those words, give us a greater glimpse of an ever-changing God. Never changing, never changing. Oh God, I, I thank you that you are here, that you are all powerful, that you are almighty, that you can touch every single person right now. Holy Spirit, right where we're at, that you will meet each one right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, may we be open to you. May we be open to what you would want to speak into our lives today. May we be open to your incredible love, to your amazing power. May we receive afresh from you today, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for your church. I declare your blessing poured out upon your church today. I thank you that your church is so privileged to be able to walk with you every single day, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the privilege of living this side of Pentecost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We celebrate, we, we honour you, we glorify you today. May you be lifted high in this place today. May you be lifted high in our city today, in the nation and the nations. In Jesus' name, amen. How about you give him a huge hand this morning? We glorify you. We lift you high above all things, above all things in our life, above all things in this city. We lift you high. Be glorified. Amen. Amen. Continue to be open to Holy Spirit this morning because He is going to do something beautiful today. You expectant? Amen. Welcome to church. It's great to be here and celebrate the Queen's birthday <laughs> together. <laughs> you may be seated. Maybe we should send the Queen a chocolate. So if you're here with us today uh, for the first time, we give you a special welcome this morning. It's great to have you with us. Oh, Tanya, it's lovely to see you there. Hello. <laughs> Enjoy your morning with us. We do have a, uh, welcome packs down the back, some white gift bags. So you can pick one of those up on your way out if you haven't already received one. There is a coffee card in there, so the baristas will be on board on the Crossover Cafe. So you get to go and use your coffee card. We'd love you to fill out your details and we'd love to, to get in touch with you this coming week. We had a, a special um, time together here yesterday. Um, uh, a young Tawanashi, 10-year-old young boy, passed away. Incredibly sad. Incredi after a seven-year battle uh, with leukaemia. But wow. Family are absolutely inspirational, so strong in their faith. A beautiful, beautiful family, and I know some of their um, their friends that travelled from afar uh, are going to be with us probably at the ten thirty this morning. Um, but we surround them, we lift them up with our prayers because. 
the journey is, continues, doesn't it? A beautiful family. God be with them now. Well, has anyone had a birthday or a, or a wedding anniversary in the past week? We do have chocolate for you. Anyone have birth, birth, what was <laughs> birthday winning? Okay, happy birthday, come. <laughs> We're going to have chocolate. You get to share it with the Queen. <laughs> Is there anyone else? No? How about you stand, church? Come and stand with me, okay? Happy birthday. Well, Father, thank you for Kay. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose, and protection over her this year. Activate your loving goodness through her. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. That's great. We've got School of the Spirit coming up, celebrating the Spirit. We've got School of the Spirit coming up this month, so 23rd to the 24th of June. I encourage you to uh, get your registrations in for that. You can register online or at the Hub. That will be great. We've got John Ken's coming all the way from Melbourne and Daz Chettle all the way from Christchurch. We actually got to catch up with Daz this week on Monday, I think it was, and he is excited. He is pumped about being with us. So, yeah, it's going to be a great time, 23rd, 24th of June. Well, we're going to gather around the reading of the Word. Isn't that great? Psalm 72 this morning. So, Amanda, how about you come now and lead us around the Word? Thank you. How about you give Amanda a great big hand? just like to pray before I read this. Um, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the privilege of being able to have the freedom to read your word. And I just pray, I thank you that your word is alive and it's active. And I pray that it will teach each, uh, touch each heart here, um, each heart, soul and mind. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Okay, um, so Psalm 72, verse, verses 1 to 20. Um, Give your love of justice to the King, O God, and righteousness to the King's Son. Help him judge your people in the right way. Let the poor always be treated fairly. May the mountains yield prosperity for all, and may the hills be fruitful. Help him to defend the poor, to rescue the children of the needy, and to crush their oppressors. May they fear you as long as the sun shines, as long as the moon remains in the sky, yes, forever. May the king's rule be refreshing like spring rain on freshly cut grass, like the showers that water the earth. May all the godly flourish during his reign. May there be abundant prosperity until the moon is no more. May he reign from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. Desert nomads will bow before him. His enemies will fall before him in the dust. The western kings of Tarshish and the other distant lands will bring him tribute. The eastern kings of Sheba and Seba will bring him gifts. 
all kings will bow before him and all nations will serve him. He will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. He feels pity for the weak and the needy and he will rescue them. He will redeem them from oppression and violence for their lives are precious to him. Long live the king. May the gold of Sheba be given to him. May the people always pray for him and bless him all day long. May there be abundant grain throughout the land, flourishing even on the hilltops. May the fruit trees flourish like the trees of Lebanon. And may the people thrive like grass in a field. May the king's name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun shines. May all nations be blessed through him and bring him praise. Praise the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does such wonderful things. Praise his glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Praise his name forever. Amen. We're going to gather around communion now. So Dave Hannah, how about you come? Dave is one of our great Activate group leaders. How about you give him a hand? Morning, church. Earlier on this week, I was reading through my Bible as you do, and I happened to come across the Old Testament time of Passover. And it was coincidental, I wasn't looking for it, I wasn't, at that point I didn't know that I was going to be doing communion this week. But as I read through it, I felt God spoke, speak to me on a few things. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start in the New Testament with some scriptures that we all know. Then I'm going to jump back to the Old Testament and talk about what I was talking reading through there and then I'll jump back to the New Testament and hopefully be able to tie all my thoughts together at the end. So hopefully you can follow along. Matthew 26, 26 to 28. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat for this is my body. And then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it for this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and His people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And we're to do that in remembrance of Jesus, hence communion, and we've done it for a long time within the church. Follow me back to Exodus, to the first Passover. I've kind of skimmed through Exodus 12 and taken out a few of the verses that God spoke to me on. The animal you must select must be one-year-old male, either a sheep or goat with no defects. Take special care of this animal until this evening of the 14th day of the first month, then the whole community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and to smear it on the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. And then a bit further on it says, on that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on the doorposts will serve as a sign marking the houses where you're staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. 
And then in Exodus 13, it carries on and God sets out the rules for the festival of unleavened bread, a seven-day celebration. At the end of that seven days, the Israelites were told to explain, why do we do this? Explain how they were saved from Egypt. And as part of that, they were to rededicate that firstborn animal that was saved from Egypt to God. Rededicate their firstborn children, firstborn male children to God. So what God had saved in Egypt, he was asking them to give back to him once they reached the promised land. And that's sort of where my meandering thoughts started walking back towards the New Testament. And I thought, well, in the New Testament, we know that Jesus is our Passover lamb and it's his blood that covers our doorway that serves as a sign for the angel of death to pass over us. And then I linked that in with the thought, well, okay, well then once the Israelites reached the promised land, they were to dedicate what was saved back to God. And so for me, realising that Jesus' blood is over my doorposts, that means I need to dedicate myself back to God. And it's not just me. The blood was poured out for the, sac- for the sins of many. And so each of us that have partake in the communion need to offer ourselves back to God. For the Israelites, that was on a yearly basis. In the New Testament, we're told, whenever you gather together, do this in remembrance of me. And then I thought, yeah, okay, but what does that look like? And for me, it looks like earlier on this week, um, I had a colleague of my workplace come to me and we were just discussing some things that were happening at work. And then as she stood up to leave, she just said in passing, oh, and can you pray for my son? He's not well. Um, her son had been um, coughing up to the point of coughing up blood. We don't know what it is. The doctors were doing some tests. And she was just going to make that comment and walk away. And for me, what it looked like to dedicate myself back to God was go, okay, I could take that thought and I could go home and pray. Or I could ask you to wait a moment and pray with her then or there. And so I just said, well, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to ask me to pray and then leave. Come and sit down. And so she came and sat back down and we spent about five minutes just praying for her son together. What does it look like for me? Another colleague at work who I, she's only just started working there and I don't know her very well, but I know she, I now know that she has a little bit of history with the church and um, in various different towns and cities where she's been. And she just started a, a discussion with me about the reasons why she didn't go to church. What does it look like for me? It looks like pushing back a little bit and going, yeah, but have you thought about this? Yeah, God's okay with you not going to church, but have you thought about this? And just pushing back and beginning conversations with her. She left that conversation, and I know some people would get really offended by that. She left this conversation and she went, as she was leaving, she turned around and she said, I know this conversation's not finished yet, And I know we'll be talking some more. So for me, it's just putting myself out there every day, looking for those opportunities where I can speak out and give myself back to God. He gave himself for me. It's the least that I can do. So Lord, I thank you for your body. I thank you for your bread that you gave on the cross to us. Lord, I thank you for your blood that you poured out, putting your sign over my doorpost as a visible sign 
And Lord, I thank you that you've given us communion as a visible sign of our fellowship with you. And Lord, as we take this bread, I pray that you bless it to our bodies and that we can all step forward in you. And Lord, as we drink this juice, pray that we are reminded of your blood over our doorways, given for our sins, for the sins of many. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to enter back into a time of worship. So if you'd like to stand, come with us. And um, the songs we're about to sing, um, that communion message was incredible, by the way. Thank you for sharing that. And, and you know, in this, these songs, it talks about the atmosphere is changing. Um, you know, and when you, you realize that the Spirit of God is in this place, the atmosphere changes, and not only just in this building, but in our hearts. And um, the song that follows on from this um, talks about the freedom of God, and there is freedom in His name. And you know, you could come to church. Sometimes I find it really hard to be able to give to God because I think I had a really rough week. But the best way to find freedom is in this atmosphere. And I just encourage you guys, you're in a safe place. You're with family. We love you guys. I may not know you personally, but I love this church and I love being a part of this family. You know, in this place, there is freedom and you can receive that. But you've got to take a step out and you've got to step into that. You've got to step into what might be scary or might be the unknown to you or, you know, you don't, you can't see, but just trust God and God will release something so special. Lord, I thank you that you're in this place. And I thank you that you sent your son to die for us so that we could be here, Father. And I thank you that we have the privilege to worship and glorify your name. And I pray that in this time that we would feel your freedom, would feel your presence, that we'd feel your love. Lord, I pray that we'd be able to come to you, that we'd be able to feel safe and secure in you. with your love your 
same time you want to pour yourself out on this place on this gathering take a moment to turn our attention toward you to connect with you that every person in this place would know you. That we'd encounter you this morning. You're as real as the air that we breathe. Father, the believers all those years ago waited in the upper room with expectancy. They didn't know what you were going to do, but they knew something was going to happen because you had told them to wait. And this morning I ask that you would stir the same expectancy in our hearts and our spirits that were stirred in those times. The same expectancy to take hold of everything you're doing and to run the race that you put before us. To run fast, swiftly, effectively, purposed. Knowing that we're not running alone. 
but that you're with us, Holy Spirit. And you're empowering us. You're filling us afresh and keeping us full. With everything that's required to fulfill the mandate of Jesus for his church. So I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, in this environment, you would fill people afresh. Holy Spirit, that you would rest afresh on people, that you would light the flame afresh in people, the flame of mission, the, the, the flame of a global mandate, the flame of being witnesses. And you would empower everyone afresh. You'd fill with courage. In Jesus' name. Thank you that you're with us. Amen. Amen. Lovely to see you this morning on this holiday weekend. Last one, eh, for a little while. It's all right. Nice to see you out on a holiday weekend. Well, a couple of things just before I kick into it. Let me just, again, urge you about the School of the Spirit. This is a fantastic opportunity for us as a church. And, um, you know, this is about being equipped with the tools that have been given to us by God in order that we can fulfill the mandate of God going to all the world. And uh, I really encourage you to be here. It's Friday night, Saturday, and... Um, as Jan said, we've got two great speakers joining us this year. But as much for me as about the, the great speakers, it's actually about getting aside with a bunch of passionate people and spending a few hours really focused on the things of God, focusing on what God's asking us to do, and being open to the possibilities of God and what He wants to do in and through us. And uh, there are limited numbers, so if you don't get in reasonably quickly, I imagine you will probably miss out. So School of the Spirit is fantastic. The other thing is uh, we've been looking at Global Mandate for the last month. It's a booklet. On the way out, uh, you will be able to get a faith promise form if you would like to. Last week, we started receiving the faith promise um, cards in, the, the pledges, the, the offerings that people are promising by faith for the next year of mission. So far, last week, we received 66 promises with a total of $194,750. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's fantastic. So if I'm basing uh, on last year, that's a little under half. Well, actually, it's quite a bit under half of the total number of promises that came in. And uh, can I encourage you to get involved? It's not about how much you sow into it. It's about being involved. You're part of what's happening, of what God is doing. So you can take one of these on the way out, fill it in, pop it in the brown box at the back. Well, today is Pentecost. Acts chapter 1 and verse 6 says... So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. It's a nice way of being put in your place, isn't it? Not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud 
while they were watching and they could no longer see him. Jump forward to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present. Can you say that? Everyone present. Sorry. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. This morning I want to talk about the Holy Spirit because it's His day. That's what Pentecost is about. It's about the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to talk to Him like we're talking behind His back about Him. I, I kind of I want to include Him in the conversation because He's here amongst us. We're not talking as if it was. We're not talking as if He isn't. Because he's here. He's right here this morning amongst us. In fact, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, he is within you. That's an amazing thought. How the fullness of God can live within me, who is not the fullness of God, yet I can carry the fullness of God, somehow is a mystery. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says this. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Romans 8 verse 9 says this, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And, brackets, Remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been given, because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. All believers receive the Holy Spirit. Everyone. If you've given your life to Christ, if you're a disciple of Christ, you have received the Holy Spirit. You have received a deposit of the promise to come in the form of the Holy Spirit. There are no half salvations. There are no second class salvations. There's no job half done, half saved. There's, you're either in relationship with Jesus or you're not. I'm not really that black and white, but I am today. You're either in or you're out. Simple. You're either in relationship with Jesus or you're not. If you're in relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is living in you. If you're not in relationship with Jesus, He's not living within you. Now, the line for a lot of people where they cross from out to in can be a bit blurry. So let's even talk about the line. You can work out for yourself whether you are, or actually I believe you intrinsically know whether you are or you are not. You don't need to be told. You know. You're either in relationship with Him or you're not. He is either your Lord and Savior, or He is 
not. He is your Lord. That means He's your boss. That means it's, it, it's, He has authority over you. You're coming under Him. You're doing things His way, according to His plans, according to His purposes. You look up to He's, he's over top of Lord and Saviour. Saviour from what? Saviour because we were separated from God because of this little thing that we call sin, which is, um, in English, literally means we missed the mark. Humanity rebelled against God. We did things our own way, and it caused us to come up short of the mark, which caused separation between us and God, which could not be filled in by any other way than a sacrifice. Jesus Christ made that sacrifice on the cross. At Easter, which is 50 days before Pentecost, which is why Pentecost is called Pentecost, because it's 50 days. Yeah, we all learned something. Um, the cross. Without the cross, we've got nothing. Because it's at the cross that Jesus made it possible for that gap to be filled in and for us to have relationship with God again. That's what the cross. But then sometime on after the cross, well actually before we go there, in Ephesians 1.13 it says, And now you Gentiles, we're all Gentiles this morning unless you're a Jew. In which case you could say, actually if you're a Jew, just read the few verses before this, before chapter 1.13 of Ephesians. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you by giving His own, giving His own Spirit to you, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised, and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify Him. So we all carry the Holy Spirit, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord. Maybe we should stop just for a moment here. Can I ask you to bow your heads for just a moment? And I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in a moment. If you're sitting and you're going, you know, I'm not walking with Jesus Christ. I don't have that absolute conviction that witnesseth in me that I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. Well, you can change that right now in this moment by saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I accept you. I believe that you came, that you died, that you were risen from the dead, that you are the Son of God. In this place this morning, if you are here and you're realizing, you know, I don't even know if I'm in relationship with Jesus. How about we change that right now? I think it would be wonderful if every person in this building as we finish the meeting could walk out with absolute confidence that I am in relationship with Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. If you know you need to respond to Him in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand while every head's bowed. You're not lifting your hand to me. You're lifting your hand to Jesus. But I would really like to acknowledge you this morning. If you know you need to respond to Him, if you know this morning you need to say, Jesus, I want to step into relationship with you today. I know I haven't measured up to the mark, 
but I'm so grateful that you take me as I am, wherever I am, whatever I have done. And I'm asking you today to save me. That we can start relationship today. If that's you, can you lift your hand just quickly so I can see you, please? Thanks, man. That's great. Fantastic. Seeing one person lift their hand to Jesus. Making sure things are in order. That is great. How about we give them a hand quickly, eh? Fantastic. So we come into relationship with Jesus, but can I say this this morning? Our, our salvation, our salvation, our being connected with Jesus, our journey with Jesus is not just about heaven. It's about this earth as well. And there's so many Christians out there that have, it's almost like a life insurance policy that we put in the, the cupboard, like, you know, I've done that. I've got connected with Jesus. I'll be all right when the curtain comes down. When the final act is over and I'm suddenly on my way to heaven, I'll be good. I've got the insurance. It's not about that. It includes that, but it's not just about that. The Holy Spirit, remember, is our interface between us and God. But a salvation discipleship is about living the life that we're purposed to live, about making the difference on this planet that we've been asked to make. Ephesians 2.10, you know, you are his master, or we are his masterpiece. He's got things that he planned for us to do long ago. That's, that's what the discipleship journey is about. It's about walking with Jesus to fulfill kingdom mandate, to make a difference. And as we walk with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is like the interface between us and heaven, between us and God. When you pray, it's the Holy Spirit that you're connecting with. When you feel that sense of God's presence, it's the Holy Spirit that you're connecting with. When you pray for a miracle, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to work the miracle. When you're asking for God to step in and change something, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to work on God's behalf. And this is where Pentecost comes in because Pentecost is all about the Holy Spirit. And not only about the Holy Spirit, it's about Him empowering us for the, mess, uh, for the mission. That's what Pentecost is. It wasn't just a feel-good day for the church. It was like, this is your empowering day. This is where I empower you to do what I've asked you to do. This is where you get purposed. That's what it was about. So when we read the verses again in Acts chapter 1, we can read, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere about me. The Holy Spirit came to empower empower us to be witnesses. This is primary purpose. And then, of course, in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was the sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present 
was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Pentecost is about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on humanity. That's what it's about. But here's the deal. You can choose Pentecost or not. You can choose it or not. There were a bunch of people in an upper room who were hungry. They were obedient. They were waiting. They were expectant. They were willing. Because God had promised something. Jesus had promised something. But not everyone lives in Pentecost. We can totally miss it. Not everyone's baptized with the Holy Spirit. The the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Sure, I remember I've just said everybody who has received salvation, everybody who is in relationship with Jesus has the Holy Spirit deposited in them. There are no second-class citizens of heaven. Sometimes that's been taught in the church. There are no second-class citizens in heaven. But there's more. Acts chapter 8. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers. And they received the Holy Spirit. Go to Acts chapter 19, when, uh, verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, The baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. Just two pictures there. That Salvation is one thing, but the receiving of the Holy Spirit in the form of baptism and the Holy Spirit is something different. That is available to all of us. It's a bit like I go down to the shop to buy a car, and I can go in and buy the car, and I don't know, let's say it's a Mitsubishi Lancer. I can go and buy a Mitsubishi Lancer, and I can walk out of the shop with my ca- well, drive out of the car preferably, with my, sh- my drive out of the shop with my car, and I have a complete vehicle, but I bought the GL model. I could have gone in and bought the same car and driven out and had the top of the line, the VRX or whatever it is, model. They're both absolutely complete cars. One's not really superior to the other, but one has a few more bells and whistles. One actually has the potential more, uh, you know, further released in that car than this car. The basis of the car is the same. The illustration breaks down eventually, like all illustrations. But 
it's a bit like that with our faith journey. You know, I give my heart to Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. I'm a disciple of Christ. I can, I can walk life like that, empowered. I am, I am a first-class citizen of heaven. But I'm really doing it the hard way because the VRX model was available and all I had to do was ask. All I had to do was ask. It wasn't going to cost me anymore. All I had to do in the showroom go, you know, I really, really like that one. That one's awesome, but that one is really, really cool. Can I have that one? Yeah, no problem. Sweet. What's the price? Same. But this one does a whole lot more, yeah. You'll be more comfortable in this one. You'll be more effective in this one. This one goes further on gas, does all sorts of things that this one doesn't do. Cost me no more. It's like that being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He fills you, empowers you for the job that he has for us to do. And he does have jobs for us to do. So the apostles understood this. They understood that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was different from salvation, that it was needed, that it was powerful, and that typically it was followed with the signs of speaking in tongues and prophesying. Again, there's been mistruths taught about those things, that if you, if you um, don't speak in tongues, well, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. You've heard all those kind of things, load of rubbish. But typically, it was followed by speaking in tongues and prophesying. That's the expectation you should carry. John 16 says this, But in fact, this is Jesus speaking, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. It's Jesus himself saying, if I don't go, there's going to be one of me on the planet. But if I do go and I send the Holy Spirit, Father sends the Holy Spirit through Jesus to empower humanity, to empower the church, the kingdom, there's going to be mini-me's everywhere. And that was his purpose. That was his purpose. So that we're empowered. Because the Bible it goes on and says we'll do greater than what he did. I don't know, I'm not seeing that yet. But we'll do greater than what he did. Father, I pray there's a revelation around this this morning that, that there is a, a deep uh, resonating that what you've done, you've done for purpose and that you've got plans for each of us that we tend to limit. Lord, I ask that you would... Help us remove the glass ceiling that we've allowed to rest over our lives. And that we'd start to see with the eyes of your spirit, or we'd even start to see with the eyes of our spirit, empowered by your spirit. That you've got a plan and a future for each of us that's good. You've got stuff for us to do. That you want to use us for your glory that we wouldn't limit ourselves so let me change that just for a moment who is the Holy Spirit it's great that the Holy Spirit is in us he comes upon us on request who is the Holy Spirit well quite simply he's God he is God we see him from the very start of scripture 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and the darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The Holy Spirit is God, full stop, the fullness of God. God, of course, one God, three persons. Holy Spirit, Son, Father. We'll go the other way, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One God, three distinct persons in the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person. 1 Corinthians 2.10 tells us that He thinks and He knows. Ephesians 4.3 says we can grieve Him. 1 Corinthians 12.11 says He does as He wills. In other words, He has intelligence, emotions, and will, which is what is required to be a person. He is a person. So, Holy Spirit, the person, the person of the Holy Spirit who we engage with, gives us then power to witness, it says in Acts chapter 1. The Holy Spirit edifies us, says in Romans 8. The Holy Spirit counsels us, says in John 14. That the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, it says in John 15. In 1 Corinthians 12, we're told that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. In Galatians 5.22, and this is in no way an exhaustive list, but in Galatians 5.22, it says there the Holy Spirit produces fruit in us. When He lives in us, when we walk with Him, when we're doing life with the Holy Spirit resident, um, He produces fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The outworkings of us walking with the Holy Spirit. And again, the Holy Spirit is God. He's God. Psalms 139 says this, I can never escape your spirit. Why is that? Because He's omnipresent. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the, farther, uh, dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. If I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. The Holy Spirit is God. But here's, here's what I want you to take today. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not some mystical force. The Holy Spirit is not an it. I hear people all the time. It. They're talking about the Holy Spirit. It. It. He's not in it. How would you like it if I called Jen? Oh yeah, it's my wife. She'd go, what? Get a slap. It's my wife. No, no. The Holy Spirit is a he. He is a person. He is a person. He is not some nebulous force in the universe that we connect with. He is God. He is a person. And He desires relationship with every single one of us. 
When we give our lives to Christ, He lives within us. And then He says, Radio, there's more if you want it. You can also be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You'll be filled, overflowed, empowered to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. That's your choice. Can I ask us to stand on our feet, I suppose? Holy Spirit, I thank you that we can spend a little time reflecting on who you are and I don't know if we can get our heads around the fact that you live within us. But you do. And this morning I ask for every person that there's a revelation of you as God and a person. Holy Spirit, stir a desire in each one of our hearts to relate with you. Hold a conversation with you. Inquire of your thoughts. Inquire of your plans. And Holy Spirit, I ask this morning that there would be a depth of understanding and of maybe more importantly revelation around you that will mark each one of us from this point going forward that we'd carry an appreciation and an awareness of who you are and what you're doing and your role in our life I thank you, Jesus, that I know you. I thank you that I'm a disciple of Christ. I thank you that I am a son of the Father. But I thank you so much that I haven't been left to try and figure this out on my own. I thank you that Holy Spirit is resident within me. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead me to truth, that you counsel me, that you empower me, that you encourage me, that sometimes you growl me. But I thank you that I can live with something of the fullness of God 24-7. And I ask, and by faith I would call in that you would stir the heart of every person, not only for your indwelling, but for your empowerment. In Jesus' name. honor you and we thank you. Bless you. Let every person encounter you. Every person know your presence. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you'd like to be. Because I said Pentecost is a choice. It is a choice. 
you want to run? You're hungry to run with God? Or you're happy to coast with what you got? He says, if you want to run with me, my goodness, I will pour into you. I will give you everything you need to run. Everything you need to run. Something the Holy Spirit being poured out upon us, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you would like to be, uh, I'll be here. Some leaders will be here. We'd love to pray with you at the end. Do it. Wonderful. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are for us empowering us, leading us into all truth. He is good. Amen. Well, we're going to sing to um, finish and, and open up the front for anyone who would love to come forward. If you'd like to be baptised with the Spirit, also if you would like prayer for anything at all, anything at all, please.